Lynn Hiles Ministries presents Dr. Lynn Hiles That You Might Have Life. And here's your host, Dr. Lynn Hiles. Once again, I want to thank you for joining us on the program. This is our ninth program uh, where John Noe has been my guest. I trust that you've been blessed by uh, the ministry of John Noe. Uh, I'm not going to read a lot of his credentials this time because we want to uh, take all the time we can in the Word. I would encourage you, though, to go to his website. Information will be on the screen and uh, contact him through his email. Also, go to Amazon.com and get his books. He has a book called Unraveling the End, and uh, he has one called The Greater Jesus. He has several books on there. If you just go to Amazon.com and Google his name, John, and you spell his name N-O-E, uh, you'll bring up all the stuff he's written. You'll be blessed by his materials. I've, he's one of the authors that I've read a lot on. Um, I trust you've been blessed by this, and it's, it's, we, we're sharing an alternative to a lot of the fear stuff that's out there, and I, we, we've had great response, and people have been telling us, thank you for setting us free from the fear. To me, this is incredibly good news that uh, all of the things that we thought were coming in the future of wars and rumors of wars and, and uh, uh, you know, earthquakes and uh, this catastrophic stuff as prophesied in Matthew 24 that we thought was still in our future is not in our future, it's in our past. I'm not saying there's not real problems that are really in the world right now, but mm -hmm. the answer to that is a church awakening from this doomsday into the world. We're going to lose mentality Amen. to wake up Amen. to a, we are the salt and the light of the earth. Matter of fact, Jesus said this in Matthew 5. We get this argument a lot when people are hearing us preach about law and grace, and we're telling you that this marking in time over here was the end of that old covenant mosaic system, and uh, uh, and, and and the 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 Jewish age had come to an end. At that point, God gave birth. You heard John talk about last week. Uh, God gave birth in Hebrews, it says, for you are come to Mount Zion. Not Mount Sinai, you've come to Mount Zion. You have come. You're not coming to, you've already come, according to the book of Hebrews, to the heavenly Jerusalem. You've already come to innumerable company of angels. You've already come to the spirits of just men made perfect. You've already come to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant and of a blood that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. But a lot of times when we're, when we're discussing and reading Matthew 5, they'll say, Jesus says this, heaven and earth will pass away, uh, but my word will not pass away. And then he goes on to say in that place, until heaven, until, he says, until heaven and earth pass away, not one jot or one tittle of the law will pass until all be fulfilled. If that was not fulfilled at this point, we are still under the law. That's right. And if heaven and earth did not pass away, and what we talked about last week is heaven and earth is not talking about the, the, the stars and the clouds, and it is talking about the passing away of what these people in this time slot would have understood as being their temple and their land. That's what they considered their heaven and earth. God met with them in their temple. Matter of fact, in the book of Deuteronomy, God said to them, I will give you as the days of heaven on earth if you keep all the words of this law. Well, nobody kept all the words of this law, so they didn't get the days of heaven and on earth. So that heaven and that old earth I submit, passed away. And you could come back and reiterate a few of those things because you were so gracefully and wonderfully articulating uh, how that, that old heaven and old earth was not speaking about, you know, uh, the, uh, the atmospheric clouds and all that, but it was speaking of a 
system. Jump back in there, John. And we yes. Well, as we were talking, there's three different entities in the yep. Bible called yep. heaven and earth. Mm -hmm. In the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. That's a, the physical creation. Mm -hmm. uh, Babylon in Isaiah uh, 13 is called heaven and earth mm -hmm. and a shaking of that. That's another one. Uh, and the new covenant system is called a heaven and earth. Mm -hmm. In fact, I have a friend who, who knows a Jewish antique dealer uh, who comes to uh, from uh, New York to uh, our city in Indianapolis every now and then named Abair. And my friend Eddie asked Abair, he said, Abair, I'd like to ask you a question and just mention two words to you and, and, and just see what comes immediately to your mind. And Abair said, oh, sure. You know, some kind of Jewish accent. I can't do that very well. Uh, and Eddie said, heaven and earth. And without flinching for a second, Abair said, the temple. The Jew, in fact, Josephus records mm -hmm. this. The, 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 the Jews viewed their temple as it were a heaven and an earth, a heaven where God dwelled, and the only place on earth where acceptable uh, worship under that system mm -hmm. could be offered mm -hmm. was there. Mm -hmm. And so we get the Jesus' passage here in, in, in uh, uh, Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Now keep in mind, they were sitting on the, on the Mount of Olives, just a stone throw across the Kidron Valley. They could see it all laid mm -hmm. out there. Heaven and earth, he could point to it. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was like like this sign here, you know, yeah. heaven and earth, you know, they could point to it. And he says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Well, guess what? Everything in that heaven and earth Every physical institution of that law system, animal sacrifice, blood, temple, law system, is gone. Mm -hmm. Gone. The genealogies are gone. The temple's gone. The priesthood is gone. We don't know who, who, who's a Levite and who's not. Everything is gone. Isn't that why? Except for one thing. My words will, will pass. never pass mm -hmm. away. And we have those words in the form of the scrolls that were in the temple. Mm -hmm. We have those, and we have the words of Jesus, and we have the words of the New Testament writers, but everything else is gone. Mm -hmm. Gone. Exactly in fulfillment. Mm -hmm. During this time frame of Jesus' words, heaven and earth will pass away. Doesn't that connect also with where he talked about in the book of Hebrews as long uh, as the first temple was still standing, that the, that the old covenant was still in operation, I'm probably not quoting that right. Do you know where I'm coming from? Yes, I do. Yeah. Uh, yes, I sure do. Uh, does, Hebrews 9. Does that, does that connect with that? Oh, well, yeah. That's what I was thinking. The Holy Spirit was showing that by this, the way into the most holy place, mm -hmm. which is in heaven. Mm -hmm. not, the door wasn't yet open. Uh, yeah. Well, well uh, uh, had not yet been disclosed as long as the first tabernacle, the standing temple, mm -hmm. was still standing. Mm -hmm. It had to be removed. Mm -hmm. It had been made, uh, Hebrews 9, thir uh, 13, by calling this t covenant new, he has made the first one obsolete, mm -hmm. and what is obsolete and aging will soon disappear. So, when would that happen? At the appointed so time. So we can safely end. say that an old heaven and an old earth passed away and a new heaven and a new earth came on the scene. Correct. An old temple was destroyed, mm -hmm. and a new temple, you and I, came on the scene. An old Jerusalem That's was right. destroyed, and a new Jerusalem, the community of faith, the bride, the lamb's wife, came on the scene. All the Old Testament elements, which were types and shadows, have anti-type fulfillments, mm -hmm. including the sacrifices. Mm -hmm. What is the anti-type fulfillment of the sacrifices? Well, how about offering your body as a living sacrifice? Yep. How about that one? Mm -hmm. How about how about abiding into yeah. into Je you know Jesus's once for all mm -hmm. sacrifice? All the Old Testament uh, physical institutions, law, including the land, yeah, 
because that land is no longer a little postage stamp of, of uh, uh, territory over there. The promised land today has been expanded yeah. into th the whole world. Yeah. And, and so has all of this, which took place locally, been expanded yeah. universally. Yeah. And that's the good news. That's yeah. great news. See, I, I teach the promised land as being Hebrews 4, where it is rest in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And that's the pro all God's promises in Christ are yes and amen. We are in our promised land if we are in Christ. So I'm in Israel. Okay. And I'm going on a tour with Pat and Shirley Boone and about 400 of us and about four or five different tour buses. And we're going all over Galilee, Lynn. And we're in our tour guy, I can't remember what his name was, a Jewish guy, but, but a, a nice, really friendly guy who had told us that he is not a Christian. Mm -hmm. But he knows a lot about the Bible. Mm -hmm. And in fact, he says, I probably know more about the Bible than some of you folks do. Mm -hmm. Which wouldn't be hard, mm -hmm. but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so we're going all over the place. We have a songbook theology, not a Bible theology. <laughs> so we're going all over their place, and he's taking us here, and we're seeing where Jesus did this or that in fulfillment of this or that Old Testament prophecy. Then we get back on the bus, and we go somewhere else, and we get off the bus, and he shows us where Jesus did this and that in fulfillment of this Old Testament uh, 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 prophecy and, and so forth. And we're doing this all over the place, and he's talking, he's saying, just ask me any questions you want, you know, it's okay, just anything. I, I'm willing to ask you. And nobody asks him the question until I do. Mm -hmm. And we're getting off the bus to go see another place where Jesus did this or that in fulfillment of another Old Testament prophecy. And I climbed my down and said, I said, do you really believe that Jesus did fulfill these things where you've been taking us around showing us, you know, in fulfillment of Old Testament prophecies? And he said, oh yes. Oh yes, I do. And I said, well, then why don't you believe he's the Messiah? And he said, well, John, I have my name tag on. Mm -hmm. He said, well, John, uh, I get that, I get that, I get asked that question quite a bit, you know, as he leads tours over there all the time with Christians. And he says, I always tell him the same thing. He said, well, yes, Jesus did, but Jesus didn't fulfill all of the Old Testament prophecies. At which point I said, oh, yeah, he did. He said, what? I said, yeah. I, I said, he, he, he fulfilled a, a Deuteronomy 32, the Song of Moses. He fulfilled all of Ezekiel. He fulfilled all of Isaiah. He fulfilled all of Daniel mm -hmm. and all that. And he said, well, when did he fulfill that? I said, by the, by the time of the end of the Jewish-Roman War mm -hmm. of A.D. 66 through 70. Christ was the fulfillment of all the Law of the Prophets. Yeah. I, I said, would you like to know more? He said, no. <laughs> no. Lynn, there is a veil. There is a veil mm -hmm. over, there, there was back then, there still is today. And, and sad to say there is that, that same veil or a similar veil is hanging over the faces of many Christians today who don't realize how all this was fulfilled exactly as and when Jesus said it would be, mm -hmm. exactly as and when every New Testament writer expected it to be as they were guided into all truth by the Holy Spirit and shown the things that were to come and how it all perfectly fits together from, from you know, as, as, as God gave us the unveiling uh, 700 years before Christ, Habakkuk, the point in time in the end, it would certainly come, it would not prove false, it would not delay. 100 years later, 
the time, the two specific time prophecies perfectly bookending the front bookend and the back bookend of the period known as the last days when all this would take place. The harmony of the New Testament and, and Jesus' statements, uh, time-restricted statements, the intensifying of nearness language as Jesus' 40-year time frame of this generation uh, began to close in and be done. The, the ratcheting up of intensity of nearness statements by the New Testament mm -hmm. writers. How the, the revelation, these are things that will shortly take place in complete harmony with all this, plus amplifying the relevance on beyond its uh, 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 eschatological mm -hmm. fulfillment, perfectly fits, fits in place. Again, our, our God is a God of order and design. He, do, he has done everything with, with a plan, with purpose, with a time frame and with mathematically precise fulfillment. This is his attribute of divine perfection. It is just absolutely and astonishing. And we have explained it in context, line upon line, Old Testament connected with New Testament without any gaps, gimmicks, theories, any invented things at all. And we've placed, I'm not saying we are right on every detail. We are still also learning ourselves. But tell me, uh, we got a little bit of time left. Let's well, let just, me just okay. one other thing. No other, and I hate to use the word religion, but I will. No other religion has this. Nothing. Nothing. No other ideology has this. Nothing. Yep. And this is, uh, God tells us in Isaiah, six times in Isaiah, this is how you know who the true God is. Mm -hmm. Is I tell these things before they're going to happen. Six times in Isaiah, yep. he tells us that. Yep. And, and we, have, we have ignored it, we have denied it, we've refuted it, and we're paying a huge price and consequence for our disobedience mm -hmm. today. Yep. And we've undermined the faith of the church. Totally undermined it. But, but our redemption was, in fact, complete and delivered to us. I mean, redemption goes on, but our redemption that he was talking about drew nigh right at that particular time, whenever the power of the holy people was broken, and yes. now salvation is offered to both Jew and Gentile. And that's why Jude says, earnestly contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. Mm -hmm. Not will be someday, mm -hmm. not partially, and it wasn't delivered, and then God backed the truck up and repossessed some of it. Yeah. You know, cessation theology. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly, yeah. Uh, that, that, that's, that's what it happened. And it's just beautiful how it all fits together. Yep. I mean, this is divine perfection. It is absolutely divine perfection. Well, we got just a little bit of time to talk about you personally, and I wanted to ask you how, what got you on this trail? I mean, they've heard me talk about it uh, some, but what got you on this trail? What got you interested in this subject? And I mean, you've really, really, really put some time and research into the body of work that you've done in your books is phenomenal. It's probably second to none. I could, I could recommend a lot of books, but they're not as easy to read as yours are. I mean, there's other writers out there as well that have got some great things, uh, but uh, what got you on this trail? Uh, let's go back to 1980, when I became a Christian for sure, mm -hmm. for sure. For sure. <laughs> and all I was hearing back then was, time is short. Mm -hmm. Jesus is coming back. Mm -hmm. The world's going to end. The rapture's going to end. We're, getting, we're being taken out of here. And my, my, my children were in junior high at that time, my, my two children. And they were hearing so much of this end time stuff at the Christian school that they were, that, that, that they were attending mm -hmm. that my daughter at that time uh, was convinced that she would never have to make plans to go to college and would never get married. Mm 
And I remember thinking, we just started our business. We'd been in business about three or five years. We'd finally broken even and we're beginning to make money and beginning to do some things. And, I, I, and, and my immediate thought, as righteous or unrighteous as it might have been, was, Oh no! <laughs> I don't have a. Picture. Oh no! You mean I just I just became a Christian? Now yeah. it's all going to end? Yeah. You know, you got That's why I think people oh, be excited man. about what we're saying. It's got a hope oh, in it. Yeah. Oh, Our oh, future no. is secure. <laughs> so, so so we were attending a couple of Bible studies because that's what we were told we were supposed to start mm -hmm. doing, and they were doing this stuff, and and uh, so I started asking questions like, uh, Well, how do you know time is short? How do you know Jesus is coming back? They said, Well because we're living in the last days. I said, how do you know we're living in the last days? And they say, well, all you gotta do is look around. You know, look what's coming over there at Israel. Yeah, look, yeah. look at the paper, look at all this moral, you know, decay and you know, all this stuff, we're just looking around. And, and, uh, and, 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 and again, my daughter was hearing all this stuff and I just become a new Christian and I was told to read my Bible. So I started reading verses like, uh, books like uh, one, and, and one, two that we've referred to. In, uh, in the times past, God spoke to us by the prophets at various times in various ways, verse two, but in these last days, he spoke to us mm -hmm. by his son. So I started asking some of these people who appeared to be leaders, uh, well, doesn't the Bible say that they were living in the last days back then? Uh, well, yeah, well, then how can you say we're living in the last days now? Well, then I was given to them. Well, just all you gotta do is look around and, and, and and they said, well, uh, how about the kingdom? You know, wh wh where's the kingdom at? And, and they said, well, it's been withdrawn. <laughs> the kingdom's been withdrawn. I mean, the, the kingdom was a central teaching of Jesus. Even, I, I knew that, but the kingdom was a central teaching of Jesus, and the kingdom was withdrawn? Yeah. Well, how'd that happen? They said, well, when the Jews refused to receive Jesus and the kind of kingdom he was bringing and crucified him, then God withdrew the kingdom. But one of these days, real soon now, Jesus is going to come back and he's going to set up his kingdom over in mm -hmm. Israel, in Jerusalem. And I said, and the last days started up again. You mean they were ceased at that time and then started up again? I said, when do they start up again? 1948, when Israel became a nation. And I thought, oh, okay. Until I got home, it, it kind of hit me that the writer of Hebrews was writing about this time, you know, in, mm -hmm. in, in, in 65, 67 AD, and he was talking about in these last days. He didn't say in those last days, but he was speaking of those last days still being there. Yeah. Then and there. And, and, and yet this termination of the last days and, and withdrawal of the kingdom supposedly happened right, right after the cross. Well, that doesn't make any sense at no. all, does it? And, and the more I started asking questions, when I started asking a lot of questions, and I began to discover that uh, I wasn't the most popular guy on the block, <laughs> you know, and, and, and I was warned. I was, I was I said, if you keep asking these kind of questions, you're just going to confuse yourself, and you're going to confuse many other people. Well, I guess they were prophetically right, <laughs> but I don't call it confusion. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that's how I got it. That's how I got started. I just kind of fell into it. And, I just didn't like what I was. What? I mean, I, I, yeah. it just didn't appeal you to me. You know, me. that's the thing with me is and, that, and and I was selfish in that. Yeah. yeah. And, and, well, and you know, for me personally, I was like my 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 early life told the same things, and I thought, well, man, I don't have any future. And uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, I, my my pastor told me you don't you don't need an education. You know, you'll never see the end of the seventies. 
And, uh, you know, I mean, I started reading scriptures and I come across, but see, that stuff never settled right in my spirit. I mm. believe there are people out there that are listening to us who've heard uh, the rapture theory, the dispensational, and some of the other stuff. We're not just trying to be fighting everything. We're just trying to get you to think. And uh, it didn't settle right with your spirit. There's something in your yeah. spirit. And, you know, a lot of times when I would ask questions to some of these scholars, I'd, I, they'd get mad. Yeah. I had one pastor say to me one time, he said, I don't care what the Bible says. That's what he said to me. He said, I don't care. Young man, he said, I don't care. I was younger then. He said, I don't care what the Bible says. I know what I believe. I, I've taught this for 37 years. I can't be wrong. And so, you know, I thought, well, uh, you know, uh, you're not answering the questions here, you know. And so they, he said, he, told, he later became my friend. And I said, well, what do you do when people ask you questions you can't answer? He said, I just get mad and they quit asking me questions. <laughs> well, that's pitiful. And we're trying to make people stop thinking. Now, I can't say I've got the answer to every detail either, but I'm still on a quest to know the truth. People that try to pigeonhole us, what are we? Are we, are we preterist? Are we uh, pre-millennial, post-millennial? And I, I, I never even knew there was a term for it when I was, I mean, I did, the first time somebody asked me if I, I was a either. preterist, I didn't know what that meant, I didn't which either. means fulfilled prophecy. Yeah. But we are uh, preterist, and so is most everybody else, at least in some dimension of their belief system, because that means you believe some things have been fulfilled. But we're more than preterist. We also believe that there's an ongoing thing. I think what you call us basically as truth seekers. I think you have a more uh, probably uh, scholarly title for it. What do you call it? Preterist, idealist? Postmillennial synthesis <laughs> or shortened to synthesis eschatology. Yep. And, and what I've found as we talked about in a previous program is that all the four views that have so many problems mm -hmm. have some strengths. Yeah. Have strengths. Yep. And what we need to do is to identify those strengths, which I've done. Yeah. And discard the weaknesses or the errors that they've added mm -hmm. and synthesize those strengths into one coherent and consistent and meaningful view that is more Christ honoring, scripture authenticating and faith validating than any one view in and of itself. When I offered that to my doctoral committee, they said this is a tremendous uh, PhD dissertation topic, but we don't think you'll be able to pull it off. Mm -hmm. Two years later, they signed off on it. Yep. Well, what do you think? Here's a question people would ask us. What do you think the future holds? What do you think? Because they're always like, what's the next big thing on the hinge? What well, do you think? Well, there's the future a number of ways I could answer that. One of the ways would be, be just to, and I just pulled this out for something else you just said, but I can coattail off of this. As, as the writer of Proverbs said in Proverbs 13, 12, hope deferred makes the heart sick, mm -hmm. but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. What we're talking about here is a longing. And a hope for prayer. God's plan of redemption. That's what eschatology is all about. Mm -hmm. The plan of redemption. Yeah. For the completion of the plan of redemption. Yeah. That is a tree of life. But if you defer this and say and stick it out there as a hope someday, you know you hope for something you don't have. Yeah. And what you're hoping for is that when you have it, you'll be better off. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, we have it. Yeah. This is the faith, once for all delivered to the saints. Yeah. We don't have to be hoping for it. We have this, and there's more to it. We haven't even talked about resurrection yeah. reality yet. We, we there's so many other issues, the many comings of Jesus, and and so forth. There's so the kingdom. We haven't even got into the kingdom, mm -hmm. and and so many other things that all this fits together perfectly, just like on a glove on a hand. And what is the old saying? If the glove fits, you got to acquit. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. you got to believe it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Remember. Uh, O.J. O.J. Yeah, trial. If the glove does not fit, you must acquit. Yeah. <laughs> what we're hoping for, Lynn, and this is a slogan of uh, East to West Press, who publishes my book, is that we are 
as the slogan says right here, mm -hmm. uh, we're pioneering the next Reformation. We, we feel that this whole area of end time Bible prophecy that's such a mess, that's it's so divisive and so forth, that if we could unify this, this, this would have a resound. It could, in fact, could be, some believe, could be a bigger Reformation than the Protestant Reformation uh, uh, earlier. Yeah. And, and, that, and, that, and, that, and the basis for that Reformation is a synthesis of views. Mm -hmm. Not deciding that this one view is now the right one and everybody else is wrong. Mm -hmm. No, they've, they've all captured a portion of the truth and they've all inserted a portion of error. Mm -hmm. We need to, to parse that out yep. and synthesize that the, the strengths. Are those strengths synthesizable? Mm -hmm. I've done it. I've got a doctoral committee who, yeah. who, who signed off that yeah. I did it. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean they believe it, yeah. but it is done and it is historically defensible. Mm -hmm. And as uh, Klein, Bloomberg, and Hubbard again, uh, have affirmed, and I've quoted several times, and I hope people are getting tired of this so they'll remember it, mm -hmm. uh, the historically defensible interpretation has the greatest authority. Absolutely. And that's our once for all delivered faith. Man, it's been a pleasure to have you on. And let me just say this to our audience. What if we're wrong? What if we're wrong? Eschatology does not determine whether or not we go to heaven or not. Right. Let's say me and John are wrong. We have just prepared you to advance the kingdom forward, which I believe is the mandate of God for the church, to train people to take uh, areas of culture and take areas of education back and to take areas of entertainment back and all of these things. But if we're wrong and Jesus comes tonight, John and I are going with you. So what we believe about eschatology doesn't mean we're going to be left behind or you're going to be left behind. The only thing that determines whether you go or not is do you believe in Jesus and have you accepted him right. as your Savior? And that's the issue. And we believe that with all of our hearts. And so uh, what we do believe, though, is that we are losing generations of young people because we've told them they don't have a future. We've lost education. We've lost uh, effectiveness in culture. We are uh, had moral decline. We've had all kinds of things happen as a result of what we believe. But we believe a reformation is afoot and that we are part of that. And the gospel of grace is sweeping the nations of the earth. And what we're seeing, even in our own local church, is we have had, we t we've been teaching this for some time. And rather than having people sitting there waiting to leave, we've got people who are affecting politics, business, entertainment. We have dental hygienists in our churches. We have doctors in our churches. We have county commissioner in our church. The chief of police comes to our church. So uh, uh, on and on it goes, financial officers, because we believe we are salt and light and we are here for a purpose and that if the church would really arise to be what it was called to be, we would turn the world upside down. If 12 men can do it, you and I can do it. We're about out of time. Get behind what we're doing. If you believe in what we're doing and help us turn the world upside down, sow a seed into the ministry. Your support and your partnership is what helps us keep going. Consider becoming a partner today. Call that number on the screen. Go to our website. Order the books. Uh, go to Amazon.com and get John's materials. God bless you. We'll see you again next week. God bless you. For anyone struggling to understand John's writings in Revelation, this book provides true, biblically-based answers. Through detailed insights into the letters John wrote to the seven churches of his day, you will learn how to avoid the mistakes of the early church to overcome today's trials and tribulations. This book will provoke you to thought and dialogue, bringing greater clarity and revelation of Jesus Christ.